Hey guys, it's James Sinner back again, and it's no longer called the All Inclusive Podcast. It has a bit of a rebrand. It's now called Merge of Minds because I think a lot of our conversations that I've had with my guests have literally been two minds, not colliding as such, but kind of meeting somewhere in between. So it's just a bit of rebrand, and of course, there is another podcast out there called All Inclusive Podcast. So if it all goes well in the future, I don't want to get myself on the, on the end of a lawsuit, a litigation suit. So to speak. So, um, my guest today is Chris Sulvam, if I've got that right, and he is a musician, passionate musician. And in his words, he has an idea that if you are born a certain way, based on your gender, your orientation, or your race, that you're allowed only one avenue of expression. And to him, that doesn't work. And he started writing music, heavily influenced by the DNA of classic rock and 80s hair metal with a bit of 90s alternative grunge industrial music thrown in. So pretty much everything a queer South Asian guy has no business in, but a soundtrack for his personal rebellion against society and its rules. So kind of basic fight against the norm. Go you! And he wants to prove that labels are for soup cans and not for people, which is going to come up quite... um, in many of the discussions that we're going to have today um just before i let chris introduce himself we're going to have a chat about what lgbt will be quite a focus especially with to the music as we're both musicians stuff to do with concert culture and rap and also the kind of asian community and lgbt which is something i don't really think has been covered i've not really heard anything about that so as chris is an asian man and i am of mixed heritage mixed asian we both and have that input so over to you sir just give an introduction to yourself and then we can kick off yeah hi thanks so much for having me um i think you said everything perfectly well i started writing music not too long ago and for me music was not just a creative expression but more i hate the word political or social but it is political and social to some degree um and that was, uh, you know, a, a really big inspiration for me, kind of just a creating music for me that sounded fun. And I wanted people to have fun listening to it, uh, but also to, to kind of challenge people's perceptions of um, what a queer person does, what an Asian person does, you know, all that kind of stuff thrown in there. So I really wanted to kind of challenge that, but also keep it fun. So, I mean, for your music, do you have any kind of influences from well i know you said the 80s have you got any other influence like particular artists that you could actually put your finger on um to be honest with you i mean a lot of it was influenced by like acdc like music from the past i was kind of uh, i love the raw energy and kind of the erotic sexual masculine raw energy that rock and roll and heavy metal had back in the 70s and the 80s and so i kind of want to take that and kind of transmute it a little bit and, and give it a bit of a queer filter if you will but in terms of uh inspirations it was mostly be alice cooper blondie acdc Duran, uh, that kind yeah. of music Lovely. I mean, that's actually quite interesting. You talk about the whole masculinity with because that comes on to like hip hop. We're going to talk about later is that how lots of these LGBT female artists pushing on the scene are kind of just they understand that it's a male dominant industry, but they don't want to be identified. So would you say like as an artist, would you want someone to kind of think like, how do I say it? Is that kind of your defining feature? Do you want to be, de- de- be defined as an LGBT artist or do you want to happen to just be an LGBT artist? It kind of takes a back seat. That yeah, no, sense. that's a really good question. I think, um, I don't know yet, to be honest with you. I think it's important. I think if you're going to be your, you know, your, yourself, you're always going to be to some degree a political label. I think, you, you know, I can't help being who I am or what I am, nor would I, would I want to. So do I want to be known as a queer artist? I'd like to be known as an, as an artist, um, but I'm very proud to be known as a queer artist at the same time too. So one's not, I'm not against the idea of one. Um, 
if that makes sense. So yeah, there's, there's you know, like I said, I'd like to be known as an artist, um, but tag queer music, on it. And music just, first, yeah. Music yeah. comes first and identity later, right? I For mean, sure. just thinking about music and LGBT and exploring kind of the gay artists, both male and female. I'm just thinking, I'd like to start off with hip hop. And it, obviously it's one of the most prominent genres, which is not welcoming of the LGBT community because mm. it's very masculine. It's very like, I mean, I'm not going to kind of say names and say kind of, um, but I know it's like all about shagging women. By the mm-hmm. way, I will put a disclaimer that there's going to be quite strong language in this podcast. <laughs> and like, like even with, um, I mean, I'm thinking of hip hop artists. Like, I mean, Lil Nas X is one of the most... The, the go-to kind of um, artist that we think of as the the pinnacle of kind of this is LGBT rap music and and it's the funny thing is it's just because he's rap and country which is that bit that fusion it's like two things which are completely anti LGBT yes and then they work brilliantly it's just he's like fuck you to the whole thing and yeah. it works and you got Frank Ocean um, as well but and kevin abstract and young ma i mean these are british artists some of them um as mm-hmm. well so it's uk and us and they never started out their careers like i'm an lgbt artist mm-hmm. here i go it's like let's just build up a following let's build up kind of a repertoire and then suddenly just like because that's what he did in um 2000 and oh, little nas x it's only like a couple of years after 2019 he just decided after a concert he just decided to come out oh i didn't know that i'll ask you about interesting yeah and he's just decided i mean the thing is when you when you kind of represent yourself in music videos sometimes you might be very tame and then once he's fully fledged out there then he starts to be a bit more kind of yes and then i let everything hang out but i mean do you think obviously people want to prove their worth before exposing who they are Mm -hmm. because if they don't that would ruin the sense of their self-worth because for sure if they was to come out and say oh i'm gonna start a rap career and um I'm a homosexual or a lesbian, it's not going to work because people aren't going to kind of get behind them. But once they build a following and then after a while they decide to come out, which is a word I don't really like too much, a phrase I don't like, and everyone kind of is like backing their support. And I don't don't know, do you think that's a marketing ploy? (laughs) And that sounds really nasty, but do you think that can be used as some kind of marketing? Um being um being out possibly i think nowadays but here's the thing now we live in a world where everything is democratized in a way that you know you don't have to wait till your favorite you know countdown is on to watch a music video right or go to a record store and buy a record or listen to the radio and wait for hours until you, that song comes on everything is available to everyone so it's such a strange i think little nas x really has disrupted the 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 way we look at your yeah. artists which i think is a really great thing um but that's a great, I mean, that's a really great question. Is it a marketing ploy? Um, is it a smart marketing ploy? Is it better to, you know, as you say, just kind of let your art and your music speak for itself? I don't know. It's kind of a, it's kind of all over the place. I think we, the nice thing about social media is, you know, there, we're, we're spoiled for choice now and there's no real clear cut. And like I said, there's so many disruptors. You mentioned so many of them that kind of challenge the whole idea of, you know, um, the hip hop community embracing queer artists, right? So I think it, we're in uncharted territory right now, and that's kind of exciting. So don't know. It's, it's an interesting. It could work. It could backfire. It, it, there's no way of knowing nowadays what what what's good marketing and what's not. I mean, it just seems. I mean, because you get these. App, I mean, we got a UK artist. I mean, um, young Ma. I don't think she's UK. Actually, you know, I've got to really get my facts right. But I get confused. <laughs> He's from US because some of them are kind of British American. They kind of both sided upon, but they rap about their struggles of sexuality, which you wouldn't get 
if that was to happen 10 years ago, God, yep, the uproar. I mean, it's not about, because you find horrible to say, and I don't like to say it, but with a lot of this, especially with drill, with a genre which I have absolutely no respect for, um, with skill-wise, I do like, I think it's brilliant, but content-wise, it's all about kind of, I've been to jail and I've had a really bad upbringing. It's all kind of, this kind of, I don't know, self kind of... <laughs> Self-loading, self like, kind of just... I mean, everyone goes through shit. I mean, we've mm-hmm. got our shit. And then even the best artists in the world, they've gone through shit. I mean, I can... Um, even Tupac himself, he's one of the... Well, he's dead now, artists. so he got shot. He's dead he now. He's, he's not here to kind of defend himself. <laughs> but the people have gone through crap, and but they just leave that to one side because they're more of expression. But mm-hmm. I think it's becoming one of these. And now, because you've got these artists that are coming out and talking about something different rather than violence and mm-hmm. toxic masculinity, like... Mm-hmm. Just, um, but I think it's important to kind of change that from within, right? Like you can't just, you can't just criticize it out of existence. You have to kind of transform it. And I think that's the nice thing about all these, again, artists you just mentioned that they are to some degree kind of changing the narrative. Evolving. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. From within. Right. And I think that's the best way to affect changes is to, to do it from within. That's another reason why I chose genres like metal and, and rock because a, of course, there have been queer artists in metal and rock music for the longest time, but they're not necessarily recognized, and it's not a genre that's very friendly to queer people. So I thought, why not, instead of complaining about something, why not instigate change from within and yeah. transform it, right? Oh, it's lovely to break the norm, and it's just brilliant. I mean, it's just like when you see even um, the Mobile Wars. I mean, you've got so many good white rappers and so many different different cultures and even Latino, Latino rappers. It just shows that anybody's capable of anything. Mm-hmm. It's just the only thing that, that came to mind and it sprung up through my research from Frank Ocean and how it kind of digresses quite a bit from the point, but like he came out um, in 2012. He was sued by his father because he said, I don't know if it was a lyrics or he actually kind of just, I think he wrote an open letter actually. And he he mentioned his father was, yeah, his father was really kind of like, as the as your maybe um typical stereotypical, stereotypical father might say, I don't approve of you. And mm-hmm. he sued his own child for fourteen point five million. It, it didn't go through court. And when it went through court, but it got chucked in his face. I mean Yeah, how as it disgusting. Should. It's just I mean, serious. I mean you you're his nobody who knows who his father is. So if yeah. he defamed his father, it's not like people are gonna walk through the street and look at his thing. You're Mr. Ocean. Of Frank Ocean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, knows yeah. What he looks like. It's just like seriously. Yeah, like, that's just like I had never even heard that. I didn't even hear that story. That's crazy. Like I mean but I mean again, I'm sure he had to go through a lot more crap than that, basically being one of the first out, you know, hip hop artists. But that's insane. Fourteen million. But you had this ricochet effect. I mean in UK football you have this idea that there's hundreds, thousands of footballers apart from the only one who came out first was gay and he killed himself. So that kind of just basically threw a massive spanner in the way. It's like nobody wants to be themselves because clubs won't assign them Mm -hmm. because it's not good PR. Well, not good PR in inverted commas. And I think only people tend to do it once they've retired, they've had the mm-hmm. then they decide and they can live their best life, so to speak. Yeah. So it's pretty um, sad. But I know some of these hip hop artists, it goes back to the 70s actually in the disco, um, disco, American disco kind of um, era where people were a bit more out there and it starts once one person decides to do something and then they think, oh, you know, you really inspired me. And then someone else comes out and then mm-hmm. they inspire them and it has a ricochet effect where now 
to me personally, I think it's becoming the norm, and, it's, and that's what's really brilliant. But moving on past to put a draw line on the hip hop, so we don't talk about hip hop because I'm not an um, expert. I'm in, I may have a music degree, but it was more in classical history. Oh wow, that's cool. Yeah, so I know what I'm talking about, but I don't really understand. I love hip hop. I mean, hip hop is I and mean, rap, rap is rhythm and poetry, and that's mm-hmm. what it should be. Poetry it should mm-hmm. be really express self-expression not kind of um denigrate anybody but i will put you on the spot and i'm just going to move out there towards sam smith so he was um i don't know if it was 2015 but he eventually came out as and as a pop artist you're fine i mean it's like that's absolutely fine you can do what the hell you want nobody judges you <laughs> yeah. if you're in the mainstream charts because it's just like pop music's got that kind of and he's got um, the talent to back it up too yeah yeah of course because he uh, he covered the james bond and um, writings on the wall for one of the famous mm-hmm. movies and he came so this is gonna i'm gonna put you on the spot so he came out as gay which is fine which once again i'll talk about the whole word of coming out later on and then he decided to be um, on par with non-binary. So he went, as, he came out as transgender. Then two years later, not sorry, he came out as trans queer. Okay, gender, gender queer. So I'm trying to get get keep up with all these things. We need to charge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a brave new world. Now, right? then, so I'm happy with that. It's not for me to judge someone. It's like no one would want you to judge you to be mm-hmm. homosexual or even to be judged to be straight, which nobody ever for does. Sure. It's the only sexuality you're safe. It's like the <laughs> neutral zone. But once you're transgender, there's no way I could be criticise anyone about being transgender because you don't know what they've gone through. And, yeah, and why do it? If, why, why judge well, anyone? Exactly. Right? Even if they transition, even if they dress up trans, there's lots of different labels I, I, I appreciate and I get mixed up, I understand. But when it mm-hmm. comes to when he came out as non-binary, mm-hmm. that's where my issue lies, where people decide to... People do it... You get people who come out as well. They don't come. They always come out as bisexual first because mm-hmm. it's almost like it softens the blow. For <laughs> it's sure, like, it's testing I like the men, water. But I like girls too. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, it's, yes. Sometimes it's true. And this the thing with bisexuality, it's not fifty fifty. It's not like I'm with a woman and I'm with, it's not like you. No, sometimes it's, you it's have more scale, of an income, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, even Robin Williams himself, he said he's ten percent. Yes, good. Bisexual. <laughs> but people don't talk that about this enough. I mean, this is going back for thousands of years. I mean, sexuality is very, very complicated, but mm-hmm. people seem to appreciate it. People don't want to accept they're attracted, even if it's just a personality when you get into pansexual, once again, all these different labels. Mm-hmm. But to get back to the point, non-binary, and Sam Smith has came as non-binary, and they go with the whole they, them mm-hmm. malarkey. What's your stance on that? Um... See, uh, it, you know, I think it's, as I said earlier, it's a brave new world. I think my whole thing is never yuck someone's yum. As long as you're not infringing on me, I could care less. I think the idea of, of non-gendered, you know, that's probably been around for thousands of years in so many different mm-hmm. cultures. And so I think I'm two ways about it. I think, listen, if you're being authentic to your actual self and that's what you want, great. All the more power to you. I think if you're using it as a marketing ploy, there are artists that do that who are, you know, they mm. now and they're like, okay, I'm going to again. Then I think if you're doing this as a marketing ploy, then you're doing everyone a huge disservice and you're making all of us look stupid. I'm making everyone look stupid. So I get very angsty if someone is using it as a marketing ploy or using it for attention. But I think nope. if we're... Mm-hmm. Ariana Grande does that because she's 
spoken about as the artist like is she or isn't she she just keeps <laughs> people talking but people kind yeah he's good yeah and they get over it but they want to hear something new so it's like it could be it could not be but it's just like published yeah, it's just I, I just don't get the whole thing and it's been on so many british cha- and u.s channels about really it's even gotten well it's always about kind of like these these um couple came on what we call good morning britain which we mm-hmm. have in britain which is shown at 6 a.m to 9 a.m every morning and these couple were literally raising their baby and they called it a baby i think i saw <laughs> that on youtube okay i think i saw that episode on yeah, YouTube. It's like, yes you can't tell a child what its identity is before it really has any sense of identity which you don't really get till you're at least like two to four years old yeah I, and, and to your point again, like, are you doing it because you think it's it's the right thing to do, or are you doing it because you want to uh, gain points virtue signaling, right? And that to me is where I get a little bit uh, a little uncomfortable because I think now again you're making a spectacle and creating something um, that should be honest and authentic and uh, personal, and you're taking something and creating you know, uh, uh, an uproar and, and you're just doing it for effect. So I think that's the thing we need to be careful of and be weary of, 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 you know, are we, are we being real or are we just being interesting to be more marketable? Because it does in like, obviously these artists, it's different because they're out there and we know who they are. We know in advance that we know they've come out as what would you call it coming out of they identify as non-binary all of a sudden and if mm-hmm. they change their mind later on they might do which will be really catastrophic for the whole idea yeah because obviously they've got to stick to it now they they put themselves to a corner you've branded but yourself when it, yes but but when it gets to your ordinary um day situations i mean for myself i come from an education background i won't say where it was obviously but i was working in a school and it was only for the day and Right, so it gets very awkward when it gets to everyday situations with just your normal folk, if you want to call them mm-hmm. that, just your everyday situation. And coming from an education background, I worked in a school just for a day as a cover, uh-huh. and I've never seen it in all my. And I've worked in education for good ten years, probably. And this person came in, and it was from my knowledge of biology, I knew it was a man. Mm-hmm. but they were dressed as a woman. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know if it was someone who had fully transitioned because you get what you have transvestites who people like who dress as women and they're people who actually identify as a woman. Somehow what that out and that conversation is very awkward because some people might say, why don't you just go and ask? And it's like, that's not something that I've ever had to <laughs> do in my life. Yes. So I've got to the situation where I was in class and this um, teacher was at the back of the class the kids were fine. I was actually really impressed. And I thought more power to you to do that. And that mm-hmm. never happens in education because kids can be fucking uh, cruel. <laughs> they really are. Yeah. I can tell you. And it, I was asked a question and I answered a question to the teacher at the back because it was this other person and myself and the classroom teacher. And this man who was um, and transvestite, transsexual, I'm not sure. And no disrespect to anyone who's listening. I'm not being ignorant at all. I just need to be a bit more educated because it's kind of hard to catch up but i referred to him or her as a sir mm-hmm. and then after a while i glanced and i they looked at me as like oh my god what like really daggers and like i felt so embarrassed because i literally did know know what to say. i had to make a call and yes 
I went with that. And I was only in the school for a day, so I didn't know the staff. Yeah. I didn't really, wasn't really prepared for the situation. Things like that can be very, very awkward. Yeah, no kidding. But I mean, I do think it's like, I mean, in retrospect, though, I mean, what a wonderful time we live in that people were shooting daggers at you instead of laughing at, you know, at, you know, you calling that, that person sir, right? Like, how wonderful is it that, you know, I think the younger generation are far more open and far more less assholes like than in our generation mm. going to school. Mm. So in retrospect, that's kind of great. But I mean, I listen, I'm 45. So like, I get it. It's a totally different world. And it's just interesting. Um, it's just interesting navigating it. And I always try to keep an open mind. And, you know, but like, to your point, yes, it is very confusing. Uh, I have friends who are non-binary and friends who have transitioned. And it is there is a couple of uh, moments where you do have to like, hey, I know this is uncomfortable, but can we just discuss this so we never have to discuss this again what are your chosen pronouns you know how should i refer to you blah 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 there is that kind of a bit of not uncomfortableness but a um a check if you will right and then and then things transition quite smoothly it's, after that it's almost like a, an evolution of the language i mean there was there's a tele- once again i talk about uk television but it was something on television called the big questions and there was a talk about the gender debate mm-hmm. and this woman who identified as they was backed up by this other woman. And she was saying, oh, and then blah, 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 blah. She should be allowed to be called what she, but she called her a she Uh (laughs) instead of they. So she actually had to stop herself because we're biologically pre-imposed to just presume or not presume, assume the obvious. So we can't be kind of held to account for just, and you you would forget, but I don't know anybody who's non-binary. I don't, well, I've worked with someone who is in a, heterosexual relationship and mm-hmm. apparently they identified i didn't know because when you when you're in school you say excuse me miss because we refer to we don't talk about name we don't call by names we call yes. by um sir miss. um sir miss and it's like i wouldn't have known but i don't she wasn't really bothered about that or he or they yeah and that's the thing so, i mean in, i think in and i always have this debate with with friends as well like i think on social media and you watch on tv there's a large militant aspect of, of uh this group of people but in real life most people you know if you're respectful of them you, you fuck yeah. up and you make a mistake and refer to them yeah. in the opposite or wrong wrong pronoun most people i think are, are really kind of cool and understand that this is kind of a learning moment for all of us and mm. there's that kind of grace period fine the media makes things much worse than they actually is. Yeah, of course. Well, that's what they're there to do, isn't it? To kind of cause job, of... Right, exactly. They're, they make things terribly sensationalistic and terribly, you know, the whole idea is to get people angry, right? So. I mean, you and me, I mean, myself, I can say that I'm completely accepting the whole thing, but obviously it's hard to, it, the understanding is there and the acceptance mm-hmm. is there. It's not like I'm thinking in my room, you know, those fucking trans people, those effing non-binary i don't think like that at all yes. i mean they're people they just choose a, a way of life and i was in a bar a couple of months ago and a customer made a derogatory term about a man who was clearly dressed feminine so, mm-hmm. seriously like no yeah no <laughs> just like, leave I mean, people alone worry about you worry about your fucking self don't worry yeah, about other people yeah what a terrible way to live like what a terrible way to go through life right i mean who like but again, to your point, I think, think about it this way. Ten years ago, we've never heard the term non-binary, right? So yeah. we are in an ever-changing world, which is great. But I think everyone just needs to catch their breath a little bit, and everyone just needs to be a little bit more patient with everyone else, because things are changing, and they're going in a great direction, in my opinion. I think the more people are comfortable with themselves and in their own skin and how they choose to identify, better. Awesome. Super happy about that. Mm. But I think everyone needs to understand 
we're moving really quickly, right? So I think it's just great that everyone just be more patient with each other. I've mentioned it at least three times, the whole term coming out. I mean, what does that, where does that even, der- I find it like a, almost a derogatory term. It's like, it's almost suggests that you weren't who you were. You've suddenly decided to just, I don't know how to, to how to explain it. It seems like not a word I would like to describe for people who just, it's almost like you've been having these feelings all your life and suddenly you just decide like, fuck it. I'm out. I would say to some degree that's kind of true, but I think things are changing to your point. I think in five or 10 years, there's going to be no need for the term coming out. I don't think anyone's going to, to be honest, I don't think people are going to use that. I think people are just going to accept, oh yeah, my five-year-old kid's gay. Like, I think, I think that's, we're moving because, really Yeah, because when the signs are there, it's almost like you just evolve as a person. It's just who you are. It's not like you've come out, you were always there. Yes. It's just, people like to define it as like, You've just been like hiding this life. You know, you, you hear about these stories about the married man with three kids who just decides one day, Philip Schofield, who was a famous presenter yes. on, um, oh, you've heard about that. Yeah. So just, yeah, he came out like, 60, bam. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just bam. And he had, a, it worked out really well for him, but it doesn't work out well for other people. He had a very yeah. supporting wife. She may have known all along and just kind of just, you know, you have a comfortable life. You, you have a house. It's just, you have right, children. One final point on that, I do find it's a lot harder because obviously you've got people of different sexualities. There are people who are homosexual, who are very outwardly masculine and completely non-effeminate, if Mm -hmm. you know what I mean. So it's like you would never even know. So, for example, they might go to work. I mean, even myself, I've been to work and people say, oh, have you got a wife? how do i answer that question no (laughs) it's like there's not even digging it's just a presumption it just it's really really awkward but when you're more flamboyant it's like you don't have to really cover your tracks (laughs) yeah you can announce yourself right you don't have to yeah (laughs) quite funny but anyway moving on from that as you're canadian and it's your side of the pond just moving on to concert culture and rap i'll Rap just happens to be kind of a sub point, but it's more of a concert culture and mm-hmm. why the rich and famous are never held to account, especially in the um, Canada and the States. Mm-hmm. And it just seems that you've got a fucked up legal system. We do. Um, we do. It but I mean, like also the US, he's getting screwed over big time now. Right. So on the flip side, I think, I think people are being held more, a little bit more accountable now, which I think is really great because I think people are kind of like sick and tired of, you know, um, famous people not being held accountable. Right. I think now there's kind of a pendulum switch. I mean, Kanye is getting screwed over big time. Right. So I think, I mean, he's, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else really can't really think of anyone else, but I think I like the idea of famous people being held accountable just because you're famous doesn't mean you could, well, I, don't I mean, think cancel culture. To be honest with you, I don't think anyone should be cancelled. I don't think that's really fair. No. I think being held accountable, you can't go around saying stupid things and not expect people to have a backlash. Yeah. I mean, the only the one thing, the one point, and this happened last year, literally just over a year. Um, this last year on Wednesday, Henry Ruggs III is a former American football player that drove mm-hmm. 156 miles per hour into another woman's car, causing her to burn to death in her vehicle. Not only was he twice over the drink drive limit, he also had a loaded gun in his car. Oh, my God. And he was rich enough to pay $150,000 bail, which is pocket money to someone like him yeah. as a sportsman. And literally a year on, his hearing has now been scheduled for 2023, and it's only to see if he will stand trial. That is fucking crazy. I've never even heard of that. That's awful. Yeah, I, I think athletes get do 
to your point, I don't think musicians get away with as much, no. but I do think athletes get away with a lot. Well, I'm going to move before I move on to the last horrible piece of crap. But Elvis Presley, and not a lot of people know Elvis Presley was actually Rudian's 14 year old girls. Oh, was he? He actually took 14 year old girls on tour with him. Oh, it's disgusting. And people pick on Michael Jackson. Like, let's pick on the black guy. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. But I mean, that's a whole different conversation, right? I mean, Bill Cosby gets thrown in jail but let's be honest i'm quite sure there's lots of other uh you know famous actors from the 70s who are guilty of the same things that are completely get away get away scot-free right so it's i think that's an interesting conversation i think about race and um and uh you know the differences in terms of race right like how you're treated basically yeah Oh, that conversation go on for hours. But obviously yes. we're not black, so it's not right for us to really have that discussion. Sure. But um, also Ariana Grande, obviously I mentioned her before, but we had a bombing a couple of years back, mm-hmm. the Manchester bombing. And obviously she should be held to account because it's not her fault. Have a sellout concert, it was bombed and loads of people died. Mm-hmm. And um, I just don't, how would that impact him? As, as a musical artist, thinking about if you were in her position, God, I would never sing again. Affect your mental health. It would well, destroy you. Yeah, I don't think I would ever be able to sing again. I'm, I'm not sure how she she was able to bounce back from that. But I mean, the, the amount of guilt you would feel and and the responsibility. Um, yeah, I know that's quite that's quite. I, and I was actually just in the UK. I got back to Toronto right when that happened. So I remember you know freaking out and reading about it. Um, but yeah, for me, I don't think I'd ever be able to sing again. I think knowing that my art or my work or whatever literally ended some people's lives. Yeah. It's yeah. quite devastating. Cause interesting enough. I mean, I don't know if this is a hundred percent true and I don't know the details, but actually at the event, cause it was a suicide bomber who blew himself up in the foyer, I believe. I'm not sure exactly where it was, but there was an actually security guard who was working there at that day. And he is going to be haunted for the rest of his life more than Ariel Grande because he saw someone who acted shifty and yeah. because he was Asian he thought do you know what if I stop and search him and which is why I'm fully supportive of stop and search people in the UK moan about it all the time do you know if you've got nothing to hide just let the police search you and you can go in your merry way don't make Absolutely. a scene I'd and rather be cho- safe in- and he chose not to do it and safe. yeah, yeah. And you hear, you see all these Facebook videos of people kind of taking pictures of the, um, videoing the police. It's like, just if you've got nothing to hide, just just let them do it. Just get over yeah. it. Get over it. Get over yourself. Yeah. Like, I've been stopped. No one likes I've been it. Stopped and searched. Absolutely, no one likes being targeted. But you know what? At the end of the day, I would rather, I'm more comfortable knowing that I'm safe, and I'm more comfortable knowing that the person next to me knows that we're in a safe environment and that there's nothing sketchy about me. The funny so thing I'm is, when I was stopped, <laughs> I was stopped and searched. And when I did, I actually walked past the police once. Then I came back. Then for the third time, I walked past them. They decided to stop and search me. I actually had sharp objects in my pocket. It wasn't a knives. They were just darts. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to play darts. Yeah, and it's like, I just said to him, you do realise I just walked past you three times, <laughs> two times. <laughs> Fair enough, okay, that's fine, but on your merry way, just didn't bother me. Yes. But yeah, but this guy chose not to stop and search this guy because he just was worried about being racist. And that sense of regret must be absolutely overwhelming. Yeah, yeah, so. I'm I'm 100% in for, I'm totally fine with being uncomfortable or, uh, you know, being stared at by whatever police yeah. or authorities, as long as it means everyone's safe, to be honest with you. I mean, don't get me wrong, you've got a right to be offended, but just 
don't pick up a fast because that's where it all kind of starts going downhill. My last person is, and you will know exactly about this, and his name is, and a disgusting piece of man he is, art, artist Travis Scott. I don't know who Travis Scott is. <laughs> oh, God. Well, this might refresh your memory. In 2015 at the Lollapalooza, he told fans to ignore security and rush the stage. Oh, in I the heard same year that. in Switzerland, yeah. So in the same year in Switzerland, in an open air festival, he told the fans to beat the shit out of a fan who stole his shoe. Yes, a shoe, something that he could replace with a change in his back pocket. Now, remember yeah. what I've just said: a shoe was stolen, and he stopped the concert, and he told fans to beat the shit out of him, and he actually spat. And spitting is probably the most disrespectful way of treating another human being you can ever think mm-hmm. of. It's it's vile. And then in 2017, um, he had the same issues in Arkansas, and then the same again in Manhattan, and there's crowd injuries. <laughs> I'd love to know what's going on. And in 2000, he's, dis- he's dis- disgusting. And in 2019, three people were trampled in a rush to his open world, um, his open world concert. Yeah. Here's the killer. In 2021, which was only last year, 10 deaths and hundreds of injured due to disgraceful negative conduct, encouragement, and influence that this man has. He's, he carried on his concert as fans were carried off in stretches. A fucking nine-year-old child was one of them. A nine-year-old. And he roused his crowds and ignored people to stop. And the biggie killer is, he haunted his concert when his shoe got lost. What a fucking narcissist of all proportions. Oh my god, someone needs to slap him in the head big time. Any other profession, you fuck up, you're finished. If you're a lawyer, and you represent someone you know, or you go against someone you know, that's it, game of You're disbarred. Any yes. misconduct. You're a big bad rap star. Anything you do, you can just dust yourself and try off again. And he puts this video on video at all tearful. He's got the man's got blood on his hands. And yeah, you know, I've you googled it. I don't know what the hell's going on with that. I mean, he's people said oh he's going to be sued for billions, but I mean, he just got away with absolute. Well, he's got away with murder, literally. That literally. Oh my god, that's <laughs> awful. No, I hope he does get sued by for billions. Maybe we can get Frank Ocean's dad to sue him. <laughs> I, I shouldn't be laughing because it origin. really, when it happened, and I saw it on the on his his post, his video, he was was barely tears. I mean, for God's sake! I mean, don't apologize. Look what you've done over the years, and this oh. is going to happen. And and it's people like that. Fans are one of the reasons they just they just see this complete, not even a person, this kind of mirage or someone who is just this god and he can't do anything wrong and they just kind of do whatever he wants it's like he has so much so much sway and it's just shocking and that's that one is shocking but also like wh- why are people attracted to that why are people you know into that why would anyone knowing his reputation why would anyone like willingly want to partake in his um his depravity like go to his shows pay for his music like why would anyone do that to me it's baffling well yeah. but oh, jesus yeah, I just had to bring it up. I mean, there's, I mean, we could be sat here for hours talking about all these different artists. I mean, there's loads. I mean, lots from the 60s and 70s, um, mm-hmm. as you already know about, um, God, Jimmy Savile in the UK. Sorry to bring up UK, the UK all the time, <laughs> but he was the proponent. He got away with fiddling with children and people knew about it and did nothing. There's a famous quote. I mean, good men become evil when they do nothing. Mm-hmm. They just let it slide. So um, another issue I wanted to talk about lastly was the LGBT and the Asian community. So as an Asian man yourself, um, South Asian, I'm from a Bangladeshi mixed um, background. Mm-hmm. I mean, I appreciate black community has similar issues with LGBT, but obviously we can't discuss that 
but mm-hmm. I have to appreciate there's stigma at play. We can't talk about that because we don't understand. Yes, so for sure. Why it is it right. wrong? Yeah, it wouldn't be appropriate. Um, so from the UK, when we think Asian, when we talk about Asians, we think Pakistanis, Indians, uh, etc. But in other side of the pond, Canada and US think Asians as um, Chinese, and obviously right. they have their own issues as well. But I think I'm thinking about Indians, Pakistanis. Why do age? Why is it wrong to be Asian and gay? I think that goes back to colonialism, in my opinion. I think that was taught to um, our culture, I think, from from the British and from other uh, invaders. And I think religion played a huge part in that. Uh, I think Catholicism Mm -hmm. introduced to Asia, and that kind of created a huge mess. I'm not too familiar with Eastern Asian religions, but as far as I know, in Buddhism, there's nothing really, they're not really anti-gay. There's nothing really Mm -hmm. in Buddhism that's or in Hinduism, even that's particularly deals with any kind of sexuality. I think Christianity came and kind of screwed it over for everybody, uh, unfortunately. And now we are in this mess where we have. What's that? No, I was just agreeing with you, flipping Christianity. <laughs> it just really kind of like messed it up for everybody. And now we have remnants of colonialism. I mean, it always grates me when I see people who are from Africa or from Asia or from these countries that have been colonized who are so ardently um, fighting for their colonizers' mm-hmm. religion. And it's like, like it's mind-boggling to me to see, like, Southern Black people who are hardcore Christians. It's like, no, like, did you know the history of anything? Like, you're literally, like, fighting for, mm-hmm. you know, you know the, the religion of your slave, of, of previous slave owners. So it's just, to me, makes no sense. This was imposed onto you. This wasn't something that was organic. This wasn't part of your culture. This was literally imposed mm-hmm. on you by your masters. And now here you are picking up the fight for them. So I think that's probably, I would say, the biggest reason why in Asian culture. Probably, too, also the idea of machismo and, and masculinity, right? I think anything in Asian culture... Anything that's masculine is considered great. Anything feminine is considered, you know, subservient mm. or, or less than, right? So yes. that's a terrible generalization. But I think that also has a huge part in it and plays a big part in it too, right? I mean, sons are, are you know, much more valued than daughters to some degree. And I think... Yes. Oh, right. well, do you know what? That goes back to Judah history as well. <laughs> that's a completely different English history where we need an heir, we need a man. But yeah, men were kind of um, treated better than women. Yes. Still are. Nice. Yes, right. And I think so. Anything that's considered feminine and gay men are considered feminine. And that's the thing is whenever you whenever we discuss or whenever the conversation is about queers and culture or anything, it's almost predominantly talking about gay men, never lesbians. I notice they're like most, yeah. most cultures don't really have, like, you know, have a, have a big problem with lesbians, uh, but they get a bit icky and a bit, you know, uncomfortable by gay men, which is very interesting. It, it's going to be a nasty uh, pill to swallow. But I do believe that lesbians have an easier ride than males. I think culturally, Sorry to say I think women have a harder time, but I agree with you, lesbians. They I have think. a hard time, of course. No, no, no yes. dis- disagreement there. But being a man, you're you're responsible for a fight. So you're expected to provide for a woman. You're expected to procreate, etc. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a woman has this, uh, the same. But obviously, with a man, there's so much, especially from the Asian community, you are mm-hmm. kind of. You're, you're so carrying on, on a name, shoulders. right? Exactly. That's the thing. You're carrying on a family and name. Dis- disgracing the family name, that's yes, what leads sure. to certain things which, which could call honour killings in the United Kingdom, which has yeah. happened. It's happened. I'm not going to kind of shy from the issue. It's happened. And that's why I find it's really unfortunate, especially from what I know and what I've observed and obviously what's actually happened is that when it comes to religion, that's 
a massive factor. And I'm not saying that people who are white have a, like, overall, they generally, they might, they, they do have an easier ride is in terms of, because it all comes down to the parents. It, all, mm-hmm. it comes down to what the parents, it doesn't care what anyone else thinks. It's all about, I want to please my mother. I want to please my father. I want to be mm-hmm. able to give them a grandchildren. And I actually watched a podcast on, uh, not a podcast, um, somewhere I follow on um, YouTube and he's from China. And this is even worse because in China, it's a country which is also non-LGBT, but it had the one-child policy. Mm-hmm. And he was born in the 80s, as I was born in the 80s. So he is the only child, and he's still having to live this really? life. And there's so much weight on him because he he's the only child. He's the only that one there to carry the, the line. family name going, exactly, yeah. because that's communist China for you. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, I love the Chinese. I love the Chinese language I'm studying. but it's oh, that's just, cool. So, so unfortunate um, to be in that situation. He posts YouTube videos and about what it's like to live, and it's just it's just very horrible. Mm-hmm. But I just find when it comes to religion, it seems that the Muslims seem to have a much harder, much compared to Christians. Because I think Christianity can be quite. You get these hardcore Christians, hardcore Catholics. You hear about the Westboro, mm-hmm. Westboro Baptist Church and all that crazy. But there's crap. such they are a very small minority. Yeah, right. very, very yeah. small. But it's just Islam is just like there's nowhere that's not it's it's not a done deal anyway. It's not it ain't happening. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think hopefully things change. I mean, now I mean here's the thing. I now, don't think we, that will ever change. You don't? I'm hoping it does because, like, let's be honest. Nowadays, if someone comes out as gay, it's not even that big of a deal because now there's people coming out as trans, non-binary, gender fluid. There's so like being gay is boring now. Being gay is just being plain regular gay is kind of kind of boring and i'm hoping society kind of moves further and further away from any kind of label or genre and things like that and hopefully other cultures and everyone else kind of follows along but to your point yeah it probably will take a much longer time well by then there'll probably be a brand new religion <laughs> oh god <laughs> scientology <laughs> Yes, but, but there the was thing, to your point. You're helping with that, though, right? I think people like you. I like think people like myself. More, more visibility there is, and the more normalcy that we kind of create around being Asian and queer. Mm. I think the more people's mind changes because I think also too. I think Asians or any kind of ethnic culture, you kind of move to a country and, and you think of gay or queer, and you think predominantly white, like it's a Western weird yeah. Western thing, right? It's not a you know. A, um, localized or anything. It's a weird Western thing. I think the more visibility there is, I think the better, right? So God, it was rampant in ancient Greece your and ancient Roman, <laughs> Roman times. What's that? It was rampant in ancient Greece and ancient Roman times. Absolutely. I'm sure in ancient India and in ancient Africa, it was rampant as well. In ancient China, there were emperors who had male lovers, right? So I don't think it's anything unusual. I think it's, you know, we've been, we've been tricked. And I think the more visibility there is, and there's more um, visibility of Asian queer people, I think that'll change people's minds and people's perceptions inevitably. Hmm. So keep doing your I... podcast. <laughs> <You're making a laughs> well, let's hope so. I mean, I just, it's just, yeah, there needs to be some kind of, I just think it's really just, I mean, it's not just even when I date, I just find when it, when I dated, um, I used to date Sikhs. Um, mm-hmm. I remember dating, dating a Sikh girl and like, sisters and the mothers the parents they're really kind of open to kind of that may be just one experience so i can't really talk for everybody but this uh-huh. it seems like a very kind of open to other cultures it's not like they want to convert you or anything but um i always worried because i think i did 
try to date an um i think no i dated a muslim girl once and she told me if they ever found out about you they'll kill you <laughs> really <laughs> verbatim that's <laughs> like okay this ain't gonna go on very long yeah no that's what I i'm not saying that is representative of the muslim community that because i that is not because like i say people things it's, it's the ideology which it's not um, muslims who think that way it's the ideology which disapproves mm-hmm. but like i say mm-hmm. people just you know you are tolerant no one's going to kind of physically abuse you or verbally abuse you that's just a minority but you could get that from anyone for sure just like just any kind of um disagreement with someone that's different to you whether you're black or if you're spanish or if you're polish i mean you've got a history of racism in this country which is yeah so absolutely s- right it's, yeah it's, no to your point absolutely like i don't think i agree with you i don't think we should like kind of tag all this down to just one culture because it's not just one culture it's every culture but i think like i said the more visibility there is the more uh, i think the more options people have and i think again like i said i think I think it does boil down to visibility. Once I think the more visibility, the more acceptance, the more things yeah. are just normal, right? So, emergence of mixed couples. So, what was just the, a what brief was note. So, basically, emergence of mixed couples. So, a lot of people are—I wouldn't call them interbreeding as such—but you get a lot of people are mixing. I mean, Asians and whites, Asians and blacks, blacks, etc. It's just—it's. I think that's a really beautiful thing because it's just. If that happens more often, there could be no rate. Well, there could be no inherent racism because no, in a couple, every, well, we, yes, we're all sure. in like two hundred years. We'll all look the same, right? I mean, that's, yeah. I think that's great. Dating nightmares. Do I have any dating nightmares? Yep. Uh, no, I've been with my partner for about twelve years, so it's been a long time since I've had any dating nightmares. Um, no, I'm pretty sure I was the dating nightmare for a couple of people, though. <laughs> <laughs> So just the one I can think of is someone decides to just like, you know, someone who just kind of gets a bit tipsy after one glass of wine is like talking about, we're trying to eat at a restaurant. You're talking about people shitting on New York subways. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, no, I've never that much of a dating nightmare, just a dating nightmare. I'm sure in lots of other ways, I'm sure plenty of people tell you. Right. Lastly, do gay men and gay women have to rely on apps to meet? Now I'll say that because simply if you were to walk into a bar, there could be, obviously not just hypothetic the love of your life could be sat at the other bar still and he could be the most he could be waiting for his girlfriend for you know but you don't know because you just do not know because it's not a gay bar because mm-hmm. gay people don't have to go to gay bars to meet people because they might want to go in other um other scenarios so do they have to rely on apps because if you were to approach someone and say oh do you look really nice today can i buy you a drink you either get punched or you'd be like fuck off <laughs> <laughs> uh I, here's the thing. Like, I, I mean, I, I don't have apps. I meet people organically and naturally. I think it, I think apps have ruined culture and I think apps have ruined people's ability to, to flirt and to, to socially yeah, engage. The natural, yeah. Yeah. Because that's the thing is like, at the end of the day, if let's be honest, if someone did come up to you and say, Hey, I think you're kind of cool. Can I buy you a drink? Chances are, you're not going to punch them. You might laugh it off and joke with them and like become friends, you know, and might get, switch gears into friend zone. Um, I think people are so afraid now to 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 be social, which I think is really sad. I'm glad I mean, I grew this up is the 90s. <laughs> I mean, it's a bit well, me too as well. It's a bit of a segue, but it's how the best movies in, have ever been made because what they do, they cast actors and they have screen tests and they have run read-throughs to to see the chemistry between the characters. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's just that chemistry, and they just this is a match made in heaven. It's just a hit like Titanic was one of the, one of the best examples. Um, yes. Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio. It just, it was just chemistry. The, the actors were just, 
like on screen. It would just, um, yeah, it's just a shame, really. I mean, it just seems that there's not that kind of level of openness. So what I will finish up on, there was something when I had in university, which is what they should do more often. It's called the traffic lights disco, where you wore a badge. If you were red, it means like you're not looking. Amber meant like, mm, that's fine. And green, like you're looking. And you always had another tag, like maybe a pink label saying. <laughs> so if you saw someone with a pink label, you know that. So there'd be no awkward. That's kind of cool. Like I would totally be into that. That's, that's a good idea. Cool. That's real. That's a real. I would like that. I think that's kind of cool. <laughs> well, yeah. I have to start for business. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, it's been great talking to you today. Idea. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's been lovely talking today, um, Chris. So, anything else you want to add? No, I think that's pretty much it. It was, it was great to finally talk to you. Lovely. Perfect. Right. Thanks, Chris. I've been James Sinfield and this is Merge of Minds. Good night.